Who were the top catchers in minor league baseball? Let's talk about it. You are Locked On MLB Prospects, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, welcome on in to Locked On MLB Prospects, your home for all things minor league baseball. I'm your host, Lindsey Crosby, award-winning baseball writer and podcaster. Thank you for making this your first listen every single day. We're proudly part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. And today's episode is made possible by our friends at Jace Medical. Take care of yourself and your family when you purchase a Jace case, providing yourself with a personal supply of five antibiotics to treat 50-plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. So, uh, it is the off-season, and as we get into free agency and all of that, we've got a little bit of time before the signings start picking up. So let's talk about some of the top catching prospects in baseball. Catcher is one of those positions where a lot of teams have below-average talent, right? The offensive expectations for catchers are usually less, and if you can find a guy that can be dynamic both offensively and defensively, you can get more value out of that player than finding a two-way player at other spots on the diamond. Any conversation about the top catchers in minor league baseball, I think has to start with San Diego Padres prospect Ethan Salas. Absolutely absurd kind of situation here with Ethan Salas because he started the year, he came for spring training, started the year in uh, single-A Lake Elsinore, and finished in double-A San Antonio. And playing in three levels in one season is not in and of itself that weird. But Ethan Salas did it at age 17. He started off 48 games, single-A Lake Elsinore, at, at age 17, 267, 354, 87 slash line. Nine home runs, 22 extra base hits in 48 games, 24 walks, 257 strikeouts. He gets nine games in high A Fort Wayne, and he gets nine games in San Antonio. He actually, he turned 17 to June 1st, so half of this was at age 16, half of this was at age 17. But the point is, to be able to produce the way that he did at such a young age tells you how far advanced Ethan Salas legitimately is. When you watch him play, he doesn't have, like, absurd raw power, right? It's not like you're watching Francisco Alvarez or anything like that, but you can see he's got plenty of home run power, especially when you consider for his age, and he has the ability to grow into more. 48 games, he had nine home runs, and again, 22 extra base hits in single A. And and yes, it's a California league, and we've talked about the offense in the California league, but the point is, for the age that Ethan Salas is, He's remarkably polished as a hitter and is noteworthy as far as polished for a hitter for a minor leaguer in general. Like, again, ignoring the age to level and then understanding that you have a significant adjustment you can make based off of the age to level. I think what's really good and what's really nice about Ethan Salas when you look at him is you can obviously see the potential to be both an excellent offensive player and an excellent defensive player. Moving amongst the three levels, he got a total 
he split time between catcher and DH, right? 34 games at catcher, 32 at DH. He didn't play anything else. So 287 innings. We only saw four four errors in that entire time. Two of those were in the six games he caught in high A Fort Wayne. One of those was in the six games he caught in double A San Antonio. So in that long straight stretch in Lake Elsinore, that's really what I'm paying attention to here. One error in 187 defensive innings. He caught eight of, he was 22% on stolen bases. Caught eight, allowed 29. Had 10 pass balls. You can see that there's some raw stuff there. There's some tools there. He profiles from a physical perspective. He should be athletic enough to be a good blocker. The arm is good enough to be a to to help control the running game pretty well. And on its face, some of these stats aren't necessarily mind-blowing, but when you wrap into the fact that he is so incredibly young, Ethan Salas is deserving of being, I would say, a top 10 prospect in all of baseball, as well as being the number one catching prospect. If he ends up being a top 10 prospect to open 2024, he's probably going to be one of the youngest players to ever be a top 10 prospect. And we'll be talking about him being able to debut before the age of 20, which is just wild to think about. Uh, Number two for me, despite the struggles that we saw from him in the regular season, is Tyler Soderstrom of the Oakland A's. We talked about this a couple weeks ago, about maybe him not necessarily being ready for the majors like we thought he was, because yes, he had good numbers in AAA Las Vegas, but that's also the Pacific Coast League, and that is a very offensive-friendly environment from a park factor perspective. To remind you of what Tyler Soderstrom did, this is at age 21, 77 games in AAA Las Vegas with the Aviators, 252, 308, 526, 21 home runs, 40 extra base hits in 77 games, so more than one every other game. 25 walks to 88 strikeouts, two for two on stolen bases. And the strikeouts should have been a little bit of a red flag for us. That, hey, 88 strikeouts in 77 games. And then, but he still, he gets promoted up into Oakland and gets 45 games in the majors and really struggles, right? In those 45 games, it's 138 plate appearances. 160, 232, 240. Three home runs, four total extra base hits, only has 20 hits on 138 plate appearances. 11 walks to 43 strikeouts. Now, uh, at both levels, he split time between first base catching and DH. In Las Vegas, 38 games behind the plate, 28 games at first, 11 games as DH. And then in Oakland, he got 10 games at first, eight of those were starts. 15 games at catcher, and 18 games at DH. 13 of those were starts. Uh, From a defensive perspective, at catcher, he did not have any errors. Again, only 123 innings. Two pass balls, 23% caught stealing. He caught 3 of 13. But from an offensive perspective, Tyler Soderstrom really struggled. Surprisingly, not with spin, right? When you go and you look at by pitch type, and this is a smaller sample, but at the major league level, by pitch type, his best performances were on sliders and curveballs. He struggled with four seamers. He struggled with changeups and sinkers specifically and cutters. 
And these are all small sample sizes. Like he didn't do really, like he didn't do well in any of these things for the most part. But it's just odd that the young player didn't struggle with the spin. He more so struggled with everything else. And I think some of that may have been because he's a lefty and not every pitcher is comfortable using all of their their sliders and curveballs and things like that against lefties. A lot of pitchers end up going with things like changeups. Something where you can see the potential from his AAA numbers, right? I feel like he's going to probably go back to AAA to start 2024 simply because you have Shailen Galeers behind the plate. And you want to get Tyler Schauderstrom everyday reps. Ideally, you'd like to make sure that his defense is going to be good enough behind the plate if you need him back there for an extended period of time. But because Oakland isn't contending, there's a very real possibility that they call him up. He splits time between first base DH and catcher, plays almost every day, and they let him figure it out at the major league level. We'll see what happens. I still think despite the struggles, I still think he is very promising as far as I can see uh, the pitch recognition's good. It's hard to necessarily beat him within the zone. I can see him being a plus hit tool, plus power tool kind of guy in the middle of your lineup, batting fourth, batting fifth kind of guy. Uh, it's just a question of how much more work does he need to get to that ceiling. In just a minute, we've got two pretty different catchers from two organizations that have good reputations for developing catching. We'll talk about that next right here on Locked on MLB Prospects. But first, today's episode is brought to you by our friends at Jace Medical. Uh, Whether you are traveling for an extended period of time, you're trying to make sure you're prepared for major weather, limited by a supply shortage or a logistics issue, you are covered thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. They can do everything for you from life-saving antibiotics to a long list of daily medications that you can order in a one-year supply so that you never have to worry about running out of a critical medication. They can even get you ED generics. Cialis, Viagra, Revadio, whatever that is. I have no idea. I've heard these are all useful products. So, Go online right now at jacemedical.com to get your 12-month supply of your daily medication. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. They'll give you, I believe it's a $20 discount on your purchase. I've heard from some of you who have used Jace Medical. I ordered an antibiotic kit. I have that in my, in my bathroom right now. And I have recommended them to friends and family. I have friends who like to travel. I have friends who live in uh, Florida and other places that have like hurricane and weather issues. It is very useful. Reminder, go to jacemedical.com, see if your daily medicine's offered for you, see if there's a use for you to have that antibiotic kit. Remember to use promo code Locked On for $20 off your purchase. Let me know if you have any additional questions. Okay, so looking at additional catchers that are very good prospects and two organizations that have a good reputation for catching and we'll discuss whether or not maybe that's warranted but the Milwaukee Brewers and the Baltimore Orioles so Jefferson Cuero is an interesting catching prospect for the Brewers because he it feels like the choice of having Jefferson Cuero does not necessarily work with the strengths of the Brewers right so 2019 IFA was seen as one of the better catchers in that class and 
when we talk about the Brewers being very good at catcher development, we've, I've joked on the show before about Brewers devil magic. It feels like that the defensive instruction for catchers is very good. They go out and they get William Contreras from the Atlanta Braves. They were the third team in the Sean Murphy deal, and they somehow got the second best player involved. Uh, but he was a very good offensive player that was DHing more than catching for Atlanta because he struggled behind the plate. And they go and they make William Contreras into a very good defender. I believe he was a Gold Glove nominee last week. And when you look at Jefferson Cuero, he's a very good defensive catcher who has questions about his offense. And it feels a little out of type for the types of players that the Brewers should go out and try to get as prospects and develop them because it feels like their strength is bringing defensive value to an offensive-oriented catcher. But when you look at Jefferson Cuero, 90 games in Biloxi last season. So double A, 262-339-441, 16 home runs, 28 extra base hits. 38 walks to 68 strikeouts in 90 games, 5 for 5 on stolen bases, which is just always nice to have. You don't necessarily need that, but it's nice to have. He starts 74 games behind the plate, a grand total of 9 errors in 622 and a third innings, 10 pass balls, 35% caught stealing percentage. Very good showing and gets back to what we've talked about for Jefferson Cuero. The arm is plus. The defense is plus. I feel like laterally he moves really well. Uh, The pop times are good. So the athleticism's there. And a lot of it, it feels like what he's working on here is he's working on game calling, right? He's got the baseball intelligence. It's just getting more reps with the game calling. It's something that I, I feel like he has to work on a little bit just from my time watching games in the Southern League is when a pitcher specifically is struggling without one of his go-to pitches figuring out how to navigate the pitcher through that outing despite that. And that's not easy for anybody to learn. A lot of pitchers and honestly catchers never figure it out. He feels like he's he's a, he's a great understanding of when to go out and settle a pitcher down, when to get him fired up, how to communicate with him. But working on that specific thing is a little bit of a smaller note, but something that kind of stood out to me in my time watching Jefferson Cuero. But defensively, very good. Offensively, I've got some questions about his power ceiling. It feels, and, and this year was better, mind you. He hit for better power this year, his age 20 season, than he did in 2019, despite being, uh, most of the time was in single A Carolina. He did get a little bit of time in high A. Uh, it's, his slugging was 439 combined between those levels with 10 home runs. This year, slugging of 441, despite going to harder competition, uh, 16 home runs. So more over the fence power, a little bit higher slugging percentage, and he did cut the strikeouts. He had less games played, but yet almost the same number of games played, 95 to 90, but significantly less strikeouts and more walks. Goes back to really good plate discipline, but it's just, it's one of those I don't know if the Brewers can necessarily maximize his value because they're so good at teaching defense to catchers. I, I don't necessarily know if that's the right fit of prospect to organization. Uh, the, the Baltimore Orioles also have a reputation for developing catching, and I feel like a lot of that is small sample size stuff looking back at Adley Rutschman, who was, I'll remind you, a number one overall pick. 
So he's supposed to be very good. And I don't necessarily know how much of that was the Orioles, but Samuel Basalo, we have him as the number four catcher in all of the minors. Very good age 18 season between single A Delmarva, high A Aberdeen, double A Bowie, 114 total games for again, Samuel Basalo. 313, 402, 551. There's that magical 345 slash line that we talk about sometimes. 20 home runs, 53 extra base hits. He had seven triples, which I just feel like is notable here for a catcher. 61 walks to 94 strikeouts, again, in 114 games, 12 of 17 on stolen bases. So a little bit older than Ethan Salas, year and a half or so, does better at the strikeouts to games than. Ethan Salas, good power production for a young player. And then if you look at him defensively, most of the time he's at catcher, 68 games, 570 innings, 12 errors, 7 pass balls, 33% caught stealing. He catches 46 guys on the season, which is pretty impressive. He does 28 28 games at first base, 15 games at DH. But what's really impressive about Samuel Basalo is the arm is absolutely massive, right? He is he is list, he is discussed as being a bigger player. And when you watch him behind the plate, he's a big boy. He's listed at 6'3", 180. That is a lie. But uh, it's something where he's able to use that size and the inherent physical build that he has to give you plenty of power already. It feels like he can end up being 70-grade power if everything goes right in his development. But at least... I'd say probably 60 grade now. Again, the arm, 60 grade as well. The defense is at least average to above average. The question is, one, how well is he going to hit? Is he going to hit enough? Your power tool is only as good as your hit tool. Is he going to hit enough to get it into games? That was a big question entering the year. And I feel like he absolutely did that. My biggest question now is not so much offensively, how good is he going to do, but similar to Tyler Soderstrom, and similar to a guy we're going to have in the next segment, can he stick behind the plate? Again, the arm is an asset. It is a big arm. I feel like despite the size, he's athletic enough where if you wanted to try him at third base, you could try him there. Again, the arm does work there. But I there is a little bit of concern that he's going to have to move to first base as he continues to physically develop, depending on how much size he adds. So definitely a concern there. But I like Samuel Bastello a lot. I like what he can do. And he's a very intriguing catcher. He's top five for a reason. In just a minute, last two guys, we're going to go out west. We've got the Dodgers and the Mariners, two teams that can wait to get these catchers to their full potential. We'll discuss them next right here on Locked in MLB Prospects. Welcome back in. Final segment of Locked in MLB. MLB prospects here on uh, your Friday edition, talking about the top catchers in minor league baseball. And in sec- I think going out west here, talking about the Los Angeles Dodgers and the Seattle Mariners, they're in enviable positions because they have talented catchers that they can legitimately wait to develop to their full potential before they call them up because they have very useful and talented catchers at the major league level already. So Dalton Rushing, one of the few drafted catchers in this, 20, uh, 2022 second round out of college, Louisville, another Louisville catcher product like Henry Davis, had an interesting year 
from a statistical standpoint, the overall slash line comes out, you're disappointed in the batting average, but overall, it's not an awful slash line, right? So in 89 games in high A Great Lakes, 228, 404, 452, 15 home runs, 34 extra base hits, 72 walks to 93 strikeouts, and one for one on stolen bases. And again, that's 89 games. So 93 strikeouts in 89 games. But there's a big story here for Dalton Rushing because he goes on the IL midseason. He got by a, a bat on a, I think on a backswing. And you can see in the box scores the time period before he got hurt, while he was dealing with the effects of what ended up being a concussion, and he went on the IL for a concussion. And then once he was recovered and admitted that he was feeling back to himself after the concussion. So I'm going to give you three separate slash lines here. He opened the season with 45 games, 267, 438, 507. So 45 games, seven home runs, 21 extra base hits, almost one every other game, 40 walks to 47 strikeouts, walks almost once a game, strikes out just over once a game. A very promising slash line, right? Boom, June 13th, hit on the backswing. There's a a one month, like a 31 game sample right there where you can tell he's feeling the effects of this concussion. 141, 331, 242 slash line. That's not out of order. His slugging percentage was 242. He had six extra base hits in 31 games, only had two home runs, 22 walks to 35 strikeouts. You can tell he's obviously struggling with the issues. He goes on the IL during this little stretch, takes him a little while to get back. But after he gets back to end the season, he's gotten 19 games where he's finally back to feeling like himself, right? And here is the slash line. 312, 468, 803 is the slash line. Now, this is a small sample size. It's 19 games, but 312, 468, 803, nine home runs, 12 extra base hits in 19 games, 15 walks to 19 strikeouts. Which Dalton rushing sounds more like a top five catcher in all of minor league baseball. The one that walked almost as much as he struck out and hit for plenty of power before and after the injury, or the 30, the 31 game sample where he batted 141 with a 242 slug. I think that the concussion and the related, the time to diagnose it, the time to come back from it, getting his timing back and all of that, I think that really colored who a lot of people think Dalton Rushing ultimately is going to be as a catcher. And, I mean, he looked really good outside of that 31-game window. And so this feels like it's really easy. You send him to double-A next year. You give him plenty of time. But provided he's fully healthy, he can avoid getting hit by foul tips or anything, foul tips or bats or anything. He feels like he's going to be able to rise through the system rather quickly. A lot of those Louisville catchers do because offensively, everything is there, right? He is just absolutely crushing. He struggled a little bit with fastballs. Some of that, I think, was down to the timing. Some of that's just he's always had that hole in his swing, that up and in hole. But... Good athlete for his size. He's a big boy. He's like 225. But good athlete. Feels like he should be able to climb through the system quickly. But you need him to stick behind the plate because he's not going to replace Freddie Freeman at first base. He can be a supplement for Will Smith behind the plate. 
Uh, the arm strength is good. The accuracy hasn't been there as consistently throughout 27% of base stealers this year, but you just need to give him some more time to get used to one higher level of competition, get him into double A. It'll be, a, it'll be his age 23 season. Uh, but I think that Dalton rushing, you can afford to take your time with him because he profiles like he's going to be a very good catcher and potentially an all-around catcher when you finally get him to the bigs. The other team that can take their time because, while having a top talent at catcher is the Seattle Mariners with Harry Ford. We've talked about him quite a bit. He's in the Arizona Fall League right now. But age 20, he got 118 games. And this is, he was a 2021 draft pick in, uh, out of high school, right? So he got 118 games in high A Everett this year. And this is after catching for Great Britain in the World Baseball Classic against major leaguers. But 118 games in high A Everett. 257, 410, 430. 15 home runs, 43 extra base hits, 103 walks to 109 strikeouts in 118 games. That is an absurd number of walks for any player to have, never mind a 20-year-old. His, his age 20 season being two-plus years younger than the average age in high A's. Very impressive season as far as the plate discipline and everything's concerned for Harry Ford, stole 24 or 32 bags. He's got good speed for a catcher. It's I, honestly, I'd probably give him good speed, period. It's it he probably has above average speed, legitimately just period, not for a catcher. Probably one of the faster catchers. Uh at the plate, it feels like he does really good against lefties. Uh, it just he looks very comfortable against lefties. Obviously, the pitch recognition is very good. The swing decisions are very good. The zone awareness is very good. I think one of the questions you're going to have is going to be how, what is his ceiling for his power, right? I've seen a lot of scouting reports that say a 45 or a 50, things like that. It's going to be mitigated somewhat how much power he can hit for because he's going to carry a high on base percentage. He's going to get on base plenty. He's going to be able to move first to third on a base hit, things like that. He's going to give you extra stuff besides just slugging. So I don't necessarily know if the power not developing anything past average really would matter any, but something where very talented just needs to get a little more seasoning. Obviously the WBC helped. And then because you have Cal Rally, you can take the time to one, develop him behind the plate, but then also get him some more experience in other positions. He, for the most part, stuck to either catching or DH in 2023, 78 games behind the plate, 40 games at DH. He only had nine errors in 691 innings, 20 pass balls, a bit of work to do there, 23% caught stealing, and then 40 games at DH. But with his athleticism, I feel like not only is first base probably something you can do, you can probably try him out at second or third as well. I can't guarantee he'll be great at second base, but it feels like he has the speed and the athleticism to have decent range there. Uh, so second base, again, you can try him at third base as well. I think the arm is probably good enough to try him at third base. It probably is a plus arm. And so lots of flexibility for Harry Ford to figure out, do we keep him behind the plate? Do we use him multiple positions? Let's see what he does. Fantastic week this week. Reminder, if you have questions for Monday's mailbag, uh, segment ideas, anything like that, tons of ways to get them to us. I'm on Twitter at Crosby Baseball. Everything else is in the episode description. It's in the show notes. We have a link tree down there. Until Monday's show, remember, it's always a great time to pay a minor leaguer. 